Father, we just want to thank you once again for this day. Yes, Lord. Like the apostle said a lot, I hold on to which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. And therefore, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are in the past, I press on towards the upper calling, upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. And this morning, O oh Lord, we want to move ahead, O oh Lord. Thank you, Father, for your presence here in this, this morning. The entrance of your word brings light, is what your word says. And your word says, O Lord, if you heed my voice, keep my covenant, and do all the things that I've commanded you to do. You said, O Lord, you promised the same God yesterday, today, and forever. None of the diseases that fell upon the Egyptians will harm you. For I am the Lord that heals you. And therefore, O Lord, this morning, even as we listen to your word, by faith, I pray, Father, that we will experience healing, not only in our physical bodies, but also in our minds, in our souls. And Lord, that you would, Lord, continuously cleanse us, make us whole, cause us to walk in your ways, cause us to love you. Even as we receive your word by faith, that you will shed forth your Holy Spirit in our hearts, that we might love you even more. To that end, I pray that you would anoint and bless today's meditation, O Lord. We thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things um, my supervisor used to tell me when you're doing your research, <laughs> there are no breaks. You don't take breaks. Even when you go to a supermarket, you're thinking about your problem. Ah, well, that, that, that's uh, not a very good thing. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's a good thing. You should sometimes, you know, switch off and stuff like that. But, you know, these are the habits that you learn. And then over a period of time, they stick to you. And then, you know, uh, as I say, habits uh, die hard. But some habits are, coo- are good. And what the reason why I'm saying is that when you go to a railway station also, and you observe around, you see certain things that will just captivate your attention and suddenly your message starts falling into place, No. That's un- that is how it, how uh, over a period of time you start frame, I mean, your mind begins to frame itself. We were at uh, Raigada railway station and uh, I was looking at the paintings on, in the, on the railway station and some of the most amazing paintings that I've never seen in my entire life in any other place. I just want to show you a couple of uh, paintings. Um, I'm not sure if you're able to read this. Anybody guess the, who this man is? Ah, of course. Very good. No, look at what it says. This is his quote. Okay, and I'm, I think it's, uh, it's the quotation from um, my experiments with truth. This is what he says: First, they ignore you. Then they laugh at you. Then they fight you, and then you win. Oh, I, I, I look at this. You know, this is plagiarized from the Bible. <laughs> I mean, this is this is my my God's words from uh, Gentiles' lips. I'm a remarkable. Look at this. Look at this man, no? First they ignore you. Then they laugh at you. Then they fight you. Then you win. Okay. 
Another quotation, okay, this is Raigada railway station. Just to ensure that it's from a railway station, I'm going to show you. Uh, the most unlikely of places, you'll get this is, of course, that is in Goria, okay, exit. Nikas, okay. The best way to find yourself is to, is to lose yourself in the service of others. When this is Jesus' words, he who finds his life will lose it. No wonder, you know, the architect of our independence movement, the thought process, the ideology which framed our constitution was based upon biblical ideas and biblical thought processes. And life is a race. And life is a war. It's a fight. And in your, in the process of overcoming, you know what the enemy does first? It, he ignores you. Hmm. Then he begins to laugh at you. Then he begins to fight you. And then you win. Keep that in mind this morning. Keep that in mind. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you're going through, this is, these are the words from the father of our nation. I don't care who rejects him as the father of our nation. I accepted him. Okay. I mean, I really love this man. I mean, somehow, you know, right from my childhood, my parents have inculcated the Gandhian ideology in my mind. You know, they made me watch movies and about Gandhi, talked about Gandhi, spoke about Gandhi. My dad used to speak about experiments with truth and used to cry. Reading from his 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 understandings of the experiments with truth. And I used to wonder why is he crying? Now I understand. In hindsight, no, what framed their thinking? No wonder, no. And what we are in this generation, we are we are going away from those foundations. And that's the reason why the Bible says, if the foundations are destroyed, huh? What can the righteous do? You see? So this morning we have a race. And for that race, we need to fight. And then there should be something that we have to do with the race. We have to, we have to finish. Everybody say finish. Finish. We have to finish the race. You see, Gandhi started the independence movement and he finished it. He took it to its logical conclusion. You know, this man was a man of the soul. He was a soulish man. He was not a spiritual man. He was a man of the soul. If the man of the soul can appropriate the principles of the word of God and bring about a success, brings logical success. I mean, this is the principles of the word of God. And if you follow these principles, this is the logical conclusion that will happen in your life. If he has proven that to you, how much more you and I, who are children of God, and the Bible says that he writes the loss of God in the deepmost parts of our inner man and he will cause us to walk in his ways. That is the promise of the new covenant. How much more you and I should believe and, and say, Lord, what you started, you will finish. I, wa- I want to just, I want to just delve on that theme a little more deeply this morning. I want to point out some very important principles for us to inculcate in this process of ensuring that whatever we have started, God has started in our lives, with the cooperation, with our cooperation, with the Holy Spirit, we we will be able to finish what God has started. Okay? And it is His will. 
It is his will. I have three daughters and it is my will that all of them be equally successful. And I will do everything in my capacity. Okay. Everything in my capacity to ensure that every one of them is settled. And you know, they do well in life. If I being an earthly father have that kind of an art towards my children, how much more your father in heaven this morning? Do you believe that? If you believe that, say Amen. Say it loudly. Say see that. You should have faith, you know, when you come to the house of the Lord. So, I want, I want to begin with First Timothy chapter 4. This is in the NIV. This is what I'm going to read. First Timothy chapter 4. Look at what Apostle Paul exhorts Timothy in verse 14 onwards. Do not neglect your gift. Everybody has a gift, whether you like it or not. Everybody has a, at least to one. Yesterday I was talking to Sammy and I said, Lord, only give me my one gift and that gift, I want to use it to the best of my ability. Okay, if God gives you more, you're more accountable. You're more, it's more dangerous for you, but it's okay. No, so do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself how? Holy. Completely. To them. See, this is the principle. We, if you want to finish the race that you God has started in your life, it is not going to happen automatically. Okay? It's, it's, it says in the book of, uh, I think it's in the book of Jeremiah. 70 years of captivity will be over. And I'm I'm going to bring back the children of Israel back from captivity into the promised land. You know, when 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 it is going to happen, I will bring it. I will bring them back. But when is it going to happen? When my people begin to pray. And that's exactly what happens. Daniel begins to pray. And the exodus from Babylon back to Jerusalem happens because of a movement of of stirring of one man who has given himself to prayer. And that is how it starts, the entire movement. Although God promised, he needs the cooperation of human vessels to be able to finish what God has started. So, give yourself what? Holy to them. So that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Perceive in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and also those who hear you. So, you will finish your personal... Sorry race that God has entrusted into your hands and the ministry also that God has entrusted into your hands, you will be able to finish. But the, but the, but the caveat is, but the condition is, you should be giving yourself how? Holy. Wholehearted. Okay? So, I want to look at, you know, the Bible when I say, uh, I want to look at the word finished. I want to finish. Okay? So for the first exhortation, Pastor James, when he, when I was, uh, when I was, when I just started coming to church, you know, he used to drop me off uh, to my home after the worship practice, and he used to say, "Vijay, if ever you come to me and say God has called me to ministry, the first thing I will say is go and finish your PhD. Don't come to me and give me all this spiritual." <laughs> the Lord spoke to me, etc. Yeah, the Lord spoke to you. But that will come to pass only when you finish what God has started. So finish. So I, from that time onwards, I'm like captivated by the word finish. Everybody say finish. Okay. So the problem is, in the entire Bible, only few people said it is finished. Two people, at least to the best of our knowledge. First is Jesus Christ and the second is Apostle Paul. So the percentage of people who finish is very, very few. Unfortunately. 
There are dropouts all the way. Okay. So, I want to finish. So, (coughs) so I want to look at one man who finished from the old covenant. Okay. The goal is to finish. So, I'm looking at old covenant patterns, Old Testament patterns of the people who said they finished. Okay. They finished. And in record time, in the time that they said that was allotted for them, I'm going to look at that man and I'm going to draw some principles from his life. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15. Let's read all together. So the wall was, everybody say, the wall was finished in the 20 and the 5th day of the month of Elul in how many days? 52 days. Yeah, bother. I mean, that's a significant number. How many weeks do we have? 52 weeks. How many Sundays? 52 Sundays. So, in the beginning of the year, God will give us a promise. That is the first Sunday. In the rest of the Sundays, what is he expecting us to finish what he has promised? And if you believe and you receive that promise by faith, what will God empower you with? He will empower you with the power of the Holy Spirit so that you will finish what God has started in your life. 52 Sundays. We are on the, what is that? Fourth quarter, right? No, sorry, the, the last four months of this year. That is uh, uh, one by three of 52. So about 17, 17, roughly 17 Sundays, 16 Sundays left. Hmm? 16 Sundays left. 16, 16 Sundays left. You know, a lot of people, you know, they do one day batting. No, you can do 16 weeks batting, okay? And finish. If you have been neglecting all these years, all these Sundays, within 16 days, 16 weeks, you can also finish if you give yourself how? Holy. Everybody say? So, 52 Sundays. But who are these people? These are the people who left Babylon and they came to Jerusalem. How did they leave Babylon? Why did they leave Babylon? Because God promised. Not only that, God also did something else to these people. This is found in Ezra chapter 1. Ezra chapter 1 and verse number 3. Who is among you? This is Cyrus, okay? Of all his people, may his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem. So they all what? Left. The Bible says, those people whose spirits were stirred by God. I didn't put that. It's uh, verse number five. It says, those people whose spirits were stirred by God. Who are awakened in their spirits by God. And what do they do? In the leadership of Ezra and uh, Haggai and uh, Jerubabel and Joshua and Nehemiah. I mean sorry. Ezra, Haggai, Zechariah, Joshua and Zerubbabel. They came back and built the, built the, the, the temple. They rebuilt the temple. Okay. In the face of incredible opposition. They rebuilt the temple. And they also. Nehemiah also came and he. Rebuild the walls. Everybody did their particular task that was entrusted into their hands. This particular burden that God had given them. They did it with all of their heart. And wh- what did they do? They finished. You know what the, f- the word for finish is in the Hebrew? Shalom. Yeah. <laughs> what does it mean? Peace. In other words, when you finish your work, you will be at peace. 
Whenever you do not finish your work, what will you have? Tension. Am I right? What do you say, Arundhati? Of course, when you come to our school, we don't give you tension. But when we were in our university and in our school days, if we did not finish our work and we come to class, what do we have? Tension. Finish, then you will be at peace. Okay. Jesus finished. Paul finished. And it is the will of God that all of us and stand before the judgment seat of Christ without any tension. See, as it is, judgment seat of Christ will be full of tension. And if you go with unfinished business, uh, how much more tension? Am I right? Am I right or am I right? Think about it, no? See, you, you <laughs> I remember one professor, he said, for in this, this semester, I'm not going to have mid-sem, I'm not going to have assignments, I'm going to have viva. I said, Lord, at least in NSEM exam, if, if I can write some formula somewhere, at least I'll be able to get marks. He said, your performance, your grade will be completely dependent upon how you face the viva. Professor Yagna Narayana, Neural Networks. Everybody full of tension. Okay, so they will ask after you get enter into the uh, enter into the exam, and he will not ask the same question. Obviously, he is not mad. Hmm? I remember the story of the the German professor. Four children went to the exam late. Okay, and uh, they said, uh, "Sir, sir, sir, you have to give us a give us a give us some uh, slack because cut us some slack because you know our tire punctured on the way." And the professor said, no problem. In this exam, only one question will be given to you. But see, three, four separate benches, he made them sit and he asked them only one single question. If you answer this question, you will get an A grade. Which tire? So they didn't consult which tire before they told the lie. So our professors are very smart, no? So you, when you come and say, the, the, what question they asked? Like, what question? He asked me this question. You read it, you will not get that in the exam. You see, if an ordinary professor can call you so much of tension, Jesus. No, okay, Jesus, Jesus, no? See, I'm always, this examination mindset is there in my mind, no? I cannot leave the examination hall, because in my life, I was always said, my, my mother said, even while eating, she said, this is compulsory question. <laughs> what is compulsory question? If you want to get sambar, first of all, you should eat palak, totakura, and uh, carrot. See? This is all compulsory question. So exa- my examination is in my genes. So, so <laughs> we are always exam centric, no? And when you come to the come to the body of Christ, there is ultimate exam where all your works. It is not the quantity of work; it is the quality of work. Because see, wood, hay, stubble, full quantity you will get. Gold, silver, and precious stones. See, diamond ring, small diamond ring. 1 mm by 1 mm. You know how expensive it is? It is not the quantity of your work. It is the quality of your work which will which will decide your rewards ultimately. So, run your race. So who are these people? These are the people whose spirits were stirred up. They were awakened, awakened by the spirit to the call of God. And they left Babylon and they came to Jerusalem. They left their comfort zones and they came to Jerusalem and they finished. So how did they finish? 
We've been looking at, you know, on the context of putting away, put, put off and put on, right? Let me just show you. Romans chapter 13, another concept of putting off and putting on. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 onwards. And do this, knowing that the time, now, knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of your sleep. High time. Okay, we had an earthquake. Like Pastor said, it could have happened to anybody. One incident can change your life. Okay. Okay. For now, sorry. So high time to awake out of your sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. What should we do? Put off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. So how does he explain it? He'll explain it a little further. This is what he says. Romans chapter 13. Let us walk properly as in the day. Not in revelry and in drunkenness. Not in lewdness and lust. Not in strife and envy. But what? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. This is the principle. What do we not make? No provision for the flesh to fulfill its In other words, you have dealt with your flesh so completely that I am crucified with Christ is reality now. And when the enemy of this world, ruler of this world, when he comes to you, he finds what? Nothing. Look at what it says in John's Gospel chapter 14, verse number 30. John's Gospel chapter 14, verse number 30. This is what it says in different translations. Look at this. He says, I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing. He has Nothing in me. Means I have not given him any provision. Another one. I will no longer talk. uh, This is the ESV. I will no longer talk much with you. For the ruler of the world is coming. And he has no claim. No claim. No claim bonus. If you are an insurance agent, you know what I am talking about. Right? And then, another translation, NLT. I do not, I have much, um, uh, much more time to talk to you. Because the ruler of this world approaches. And he has no power. The NIV says, he has no hold, no claim, no hold, no power. He has nothing, nothing in me. So, this entire Bible talks about people who finished. And he talks, in the Old Testament, he says, these are patterns, these are typologies, these are, these are, these are similitudes, these are examples for us to look at the lives of the old covenant saints to find out how to live out the life of Christ. How does an overcomer live? How does a person who is in Christ overcome? How does he finish the race that God has started? And before we go there, we to the life of Nehemiah, Nehemiah I just want to remind you of one verse in Hosea chapter 12, verse 10. This is what it says. I have also spoken by the prophets and have multiplied visions and used what? Similitudes. Similitudes, you know, metaphors, types, all the things that have happened in the Old Testament have happened to them as what? Examples. And they are for our instruction upon whom what? The ends of the world have come or the ends of ages have come. So, how did Nehemiah finish? In order to know how Nehemiah finished, first of all, we need to know how he started. Of course, we know how we started. We start. He know we started with a burden. There was a call. I mean, they, there were some people came to uh, Shushan the palace. He was a 
cupbearer of the king and they told him the condition of Jerusalem, the people who are living in Jerusalem and he was broken, his heart broken and he starts off on this 100 day prayer. He's fasting and praying. He's confessing his sins and he's confessing the iniquities of his forefathers. And over a period of time, he's asking the Lord, Lord, grant me grace and favor with this man with whom I'm a cup bearer. And you know the story. That's how it starts. It starts off with a burden. It starts off with, uh, with a, with a genuine call. And he's, he's led by the spirit. Now he's stirred up in the spirit. And as many as are led by the spirit, what are they? They're the sons of God. And God opens the door. He gives him favor with the king. And then now he is on his journey, going to Jerusalem and he's building Jerusalem. He wants to build the walls of Jerusalem. The moment he wants to build the walls of Jerusalem, there is an opposition which begins. This is what it says in Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 10. This is what it says. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly that there was a man, there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. They were what grieved. So I'll tell you something. You start your walk with the Lord. The one fellow who is definitely grieved. Forget about the devil. Who is grieved, you know, the most? Your old man. Because his days are numbered. He's, that's the reason why it says the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit lusts against the flesh and these two are what? Contrary to one another and therefore you are not able to do the things that you want to do. See? So they are exceedingly unhappy. But they don't, don't really start doing saying anything. As I told you, no. They ignore you first. Then they laugh at you. Then they fight you. Then you win. Nehemiah chapter 2. This is what happens again. It was hmm, 20 onwards. And Nehemiah takes some, a bunch of guys. He inspects the wall and then he talks to them and says, you know, see the reproach that we are in. And he says, let us rise up and build. Nehemiah chapter 2. This is what uh, uh, the, the enemies of Israel or enemies of Judah. This is what they say. But when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite, official, and Geshem the Arab heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing? They asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. And we, his servants, will start. Okay? They are starting their work. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or claim or historic right to it. We will start. Uh, the NKJV puts it in a different way. Verse 20. So I answered them and said, The God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we his servants will arise and build. We will start. Now, what did Nehemiah do? He started his work. And according to Nehemiah chapter 6.15, he also finished his work. But exactly at the moment he started his work, some things he says sets him off on the course of victory and therefore completion. He says something. He says something. In fact, he says five things. First, he says, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Second, he says, we are his servants and we will rise and build. Third, he says, but you have no heritage. Fourth, he says, you have no right. Fifth, he says, you have no memorial. Five things he says. Right at the beginning of his journey, at the beginning of his race, he makes some very emphatic statements, statements which will set him on the course to victory. See, you start 
any endeavor in your life. The way you start and the way you persevere in the, in the decisions that you make at the beginning will tell you where you will end. Okay? It might take some time, but if you press on and if you keep on to those convictions, you will finish what God has started. Therefore, the first emphatic statement he makes is that the God of heaven himself will what? Prosperous. That's remarkable, isn't it? The God of what? Heaven himself will prosper us. Nehemiah chapter 2. First thing he says, the God of heaven himself will prosper us, meaning he will be with us. In first, first Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 onwards, we know this very, very well. Now may the God of him, God of peace himself sanctify you. How? Completely. You will be complete. That may your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who called you is faithful and he will also what? Do it. He will prosper us. Because it's his work and if we cooperate with him and we don't fight him, if we don't rebel him, if we, if we submit to his authority and to the authority of his word, it is a done deal. But we have to make certain decisions. We have to say, you know what? The God of heaven will prosper us. Another verse before I want to explain what it means. Philippians chapter 2, this is what it says. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now, much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and do for his good pleasure. He will start it, and he will finish it with your cooperation. So he is there, the God of heaven himself. So what does it mean? First thing it means that the creator God is with you. Who is with you? The creator God. Everybody say the creator God is with me. Say that. The God of heavens means he is the creator God. The God who created. Pastor said um, three professions, no? (laughs) But uh, I wanted to I don't disagree with him. I just want to make a comment here. Just an observation, okay? What do I mean by creator God is with you? What do I mean by that? I mean, recently we sent one uh, probe to the moon. It's called Chandrayaan. I mean, it's a a humongous success. It's not an ordinary thing, okay? Because I know the complexities of the entire problem. To do soft landing on the moon surface is an incredible achievement with such a low budget. 74 million dollars if I'm right. And they sent that probe on the moon and one wheeled mobile robot with a rocket boogie system just started moving on the, on the, on, on, on the moon. I was excited. No? I was like, oh boy, this is great. No, we're talking about human achievement. No, think about the creation. I'm just going to give you Give you some, 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 some small scientific facts. The earth finishes one rotation around the earth in one year. You know that, right? What is the speed of the earth with which it is rotating around the earth? You know what is the speed? It is 30 kilometers per second. Everybody say that? Uh, can you imagine 36, 30 kilometers, kilometers per second in one second? 30 kilometers in one second. Now, multiply with 3600. That gives you 1,8,000 kilometers per hour. How many kilometers per hour? 
One lakh eight thousand kilometers. In other words, by the time you blinked your eye and opened your eye, we have already traveled how many kilometers? Thirty kilometers in space. By the time the service is over, in one hour the message is over, one lakh eight thousand kilometers you have already traveled. Do you know? That is in one hour times twenty-four. That is two million five hundred and ninety-two thousand kilometers a day. Abigail. Hmm? Okay. That is that is nine hundred and forty-six million eighty thousand kilometers a year. And in what kind of an orbit? In an elliptical orbit. I mean, you're going with this incredible speed. And you have to turn. You have to make a curve. Now I'll give you an example. I'm from my personal personal life examples, okay? Like uh, because the other day we were going to Raigada. We had to we had a, we had a flight to catch, and the flight was at uh, uh, departure was at 12:45. I mean 12:40 was the departure if I'm right, roughly around one o'clock. We should be there by 11:45, 11:30, 11:45 max. So pastor said, Vijay, it's raining. You have to start early. 10 o'clock we should leave. Okay, so we we started off on Baganar. Now the moment you get into the Baganar, automatically I'm an engineer. I'm thinking about uh, high center of gravity. Okay, body roll, etc. Okay, so now I'm, I'm, I'm traveling through the through the water logs of Hyderabad, and I'm calculating and recalculating the the trajectory that I have to take. The shortest path, I mean, circumventing all the traffic blocks. So we somehow, you know, circumvent, circumvent, we could take the uh, necklace road and then we go via Karatabad and we, when we come to Karatabad, you know, it's like a full traffic jam over there because there's a, there's an intersection over there and I said, boy, out of the frying pan and into the furnace, that's what I was thinking. But thank, thankfully, you know, so it was moving traffic and slowly we circumvented the flooded roads over there and went in, I mean, went into that, uh, what is that, uh, um, Masap tank, uh, Lakadi Kapool, and then we went into the flyover, we crossed flyover, Sarojini Devi High Hospital. Our aim was to reach PV Narsimha Rao Expressway ASAP. So, because he said, once we hit PV Narsimha Rao Expressway, 25 minutes we are in the airport. So by the time we reached PV Narsimha Rao Expressway, it was already 11.15. Now we reach PV Narasimhara Expressway. We got onto the expressway. Now what does, what do people automatically assume that I'm going to do? I'm going to accelerate. But the problem is, I know Tantita. So, when you go into uh, the, the, the flyover, there's a steep curve near Ridiboli. Okay? Now, I automatically slowed down. And pastor said, uh, what is wrong? Everything okay? He said, I said, yes, pastor, everything is okay. And then why did you slow down? Then I said, pastor, uh, physics pastor. <laughs> mg sin theta is equal to mv squared by r cos theta. Therefore, tan theta is equal to r squ- v squared by rg. The angle of banking has to be satisfied. I am calculating my speed. If I don't reduce my speed, like what happened to that fellow who did not know physics? Near the flyover, near Gachiboli, near Dr. David's house. He went into the orbit. Because of the speed, and suddenly there was a curve, boom, event. Why? Because he did not know physics. And five people's lives were lost, and therefore, engineers also will stay with you all their life, okay? I beg to disagree. <laughs> you see, you know the context with which I said that. So, pa- pa- pastor, pastor said, why, why are you slowing down? I said, sir, pastor, the angle of banking, we square by RG, tip over stability margin. 
think about it, no? I am, I am, I am, sorry, uh, Arundhati, I am trying to uh, stabilize a stupid Vaganar with a high center of gravity. With a high center of gravity at a speed of 30 kilometers per hour at a curve. Now think about a, an object which is going at 30 kilometers per second. And it has to make elliptical curves. Satisfy all the centripetal forces and all the Newton's laws, laws of gravity. You know what we should do as engineers? How great thou art, Lord. How great thou art. How great thou art. You know, it's a humbug that all scientists are atheists. They're fools when they say that. They also know deep down inside of their heart. This is not possible. See, this is the creator. No, the point here I'm making is this. This creator, you know, there's a song which says, no, uh, he, the hands that flung stars into space to cruel nails surrendered. This is our God, the servant king. And he calls us now to follow him, to give our lives as a daily offering of worship to our servant king. That is the reason why the first gospel writer is a mathematician, Matthew. Doctors come third. Sorry to say that, but it's a, it's a fact, no? <laughs> so when God said, you know what, in my New Testament, I'll start with a mathematician. Okay. <laughs> See that? <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to put this into context. Do you understand? When he says the God, the creator of heavens is going to be with me. This God who has put everything in into space, who has fine-tuned every constant in the universe, who has established every law. So you know what the speed of the Milky Way, by the way? 1.5 million kilometers per hour. We are Going at in the speed with the speed breakneck speed in the universe, and you don't even feel it, by the way. And what did you say? How great thou art. How great thou art. How great thou art. So when I sing that song, no, all these calculations come into my mind. And I say, Lord, yes, Lord, you are great. To see great, oh. <laughs> I cannot do anything of these things. Stability margin, stick overtability. You should see the kind of analysis we do in mathematics to ensure that the system remains stable. This is crazy. And that God, he says, is with you. Do you believe? Do you believe, Baba? See, my whole problem, problem objective is to exalt God so much. That you will fall in love with mathematics, no? <laughs> with him. With him. With him. Understand that. Look at what it's, I mean, this is, he's proving this over and over again to his people, who is faithful people, whom, whom he called out and who left all the comforts by faith and followed him. This is how he reiterates to them when they take risks for God. No, this is how he, he talks to them. This is how he talks to uh, Abraham, for example. Genesis chapter 14, this is what he says. Then Melchizedek, king of Shalem. This is after the slaughter. Five kings have been slaughtered. Now everybody says slaughter. You know, the, the, Abraham slaughtered, Baba. He did not just defeat. You know, slaughter ka matlab malum hai na? 
Okay. He slaughtered. Now, this is slaughter, okay? The Melchizedek king of Salem brought bread and wine. He was a priest of the, of the God Most High and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High. Possessor! Possessor of heaven and earth. That God who possesses heaven and earth, he is with you. And blessed be most high who has delivered your enemies into your hands. That God, if you take risks for God by faith, is with you. Do you believe it? Yeah. So what does Abraham do? He gives him a tithe. You know what is When you give your tithe, you know what you're saying? You're acknowledging, Lord, you are the source of my power. So by giving away what I have, I am not becoming weak. I'm acknowledging that, that my source of, of strength is not the money that I earned. It is a power that comes from above, which gives me the grace to earn. So he tells the Israelites, the Jewish people, when you go into the land and you build all these fancy houses, remember, it is not by your might you have become rich. It is the Lord who gives you the grace and the power to obtain what? Wealth. Telugu is very interesting. Bhagyamunu sampadinchukunataku shaktini chewadu yehovae anemiru marchipokande. Bhagyamunu sampadinchukunataku. It's riches. Don't, don't ever forget. So that God is with you. See, my, my dear brothers and sisters, we have to start with this high ground. So when we are saying, you know, we are going to, what, we are going to finish this work that God has started in our lives. What is our, what is our standing? Our standing is that, this is His work. And if he's his work, he will give me everything that I need. So that is the reason why I don't tell my children, we can't afford it. Papa, can you buy this car? I said, I don't never say, we can't afford it. For my God, any car, cattle, silver and gold, everything are his. I say, children, we don't need it. Whenever we need it, God will give it. Simple, no? We can't afford it means what? My God is poor. I am also poor. No! My God is so... Ah, Sunday school song, already. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there is nothing that he cannot do. The rivers are his, the mountains are his, the stars are his handiwork through. My God is so big. So what the problem is, you know, you have to constantly keep being, you should be reminded of this all over and over again because you so quickly forget your past victories in God. So what happens to Abraham? Abraham is shivering now. After a while, everything is settled. Now he's scared. You know what? That was fluke. I don't know how I did it. I don't know how I slaughtered. They might come back for my life. You know what? God comes and says, Abraham, do not be afraid. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. And Abraham says, Lord, what if what would have happened if I would have died in battle? Who is there to continue my lineage? Who is their Lord? Eliezer of Damascus. Lord. God says, Abraham, you forgot. Come outside. Come outside. Come outside. Come outside. What does he tell Abraham? Genesis chapter 15. No? This is what he says. 
And behold, the word of, word, of, word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. It's an uncountable set. Can you count? That is the reason he says, come here, come here, come here. This is me. I created them. You know what? It's an afterthought for God. It says, he created the stars also. Full stop. Are they? I mean, that's this one statement. He created the stars also. Oh, now we are sending Hubble telescope and all the telescopes to find out one 0.0000000000 1% of the universe and saying, above oh, we achieved great success. And for him, it's in one sentence. What is it? I made the stars also. It's a period in the Bible. So don't forget who's there with you. It's a creator God. That is the reason why young people, young men, young women, little children, remember your... Everybody say that, Baba. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. You're young. Remember. Don't forget. God of heaven's will surely prosper you. Okay. Psalm 2. Second thing, we know, we, he is a creator God. Second thing when we look at the heavens, Psalm 2, we also understand he is a sovereign God. What is he? Sovereign God. He is absolutely in control with everybody's situation. Nothing takes him by surprise. This is what it says in Psalm 2 about the sovereign God. Look at what he says. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us break the bonds, their bonds in pieces and cast away their cots from us. <laughs> and what does he say? He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. You know, that's what he told Paul. Saul. Before he became Paul. Saul. Saul, why are you persecuting me, Baba? You have the backing of the state. You have the backing of the religious council. You have the power and the authority of the state backing you up. You know what you're doing actually? You're kicking against the goats. It is difficult. You can't do it for long. It will hurt you, exactly. This man is like, I don't know, one of the translations says he had a vision which is like 10,000 sons. One son itself is crazy. 10,000 sons. Over. This is how God takes people out. (laughs) How does he do? He wins them over. Somebody might be praying in the the church, Lord, Lord, do something, Lord. Take this man out, Lord. Kill him, Lord. Crucify him, Lord. You know what it says? Ultimately in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. <laughs> I mean, the prayers are answered. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. You see? Understand this. Yet I have set my king in my holy hill of Zion. I have set him. Meaning what? He is the one who is absolutely in control in ev- of every area in your life. Sickness does not take him by surprise. Okay? Loss of property does not take him by surprise. Okay? Loss of a loved one does not take him by surprise. Nothing takes him by surprise. 
He's absolutely in control of every situation in our lives. Do you believe that? If you believe that, say Amen. Very difficult to say Amen. Sovereignty of God. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 21. Two proofs, the sovereignty of God. 21 verse 1. The king's heart (laughs) is in the hands of the Lord. Like the rivers of the water, he turns it wherever he wishes. In other words, let me just rephrase the sentence. The prime minister's heart. Who are the prime ministers? Okay, I don't want to mention names now. Well, let us take a neutral ground. Rishi Sanak. Okay. Isn't that? Hand of the Lord. And whatever is what he's going to do, he's going to turn it wherever he wishes. See, if you look at the entire episode of exit from Babylon to Jerusalem, you know, many times kings are not able to sleep. Do you know that? Kings are not able to sleep. In the case of Mordecai, they are not, he's not able to sleep. Tomorrow, Mordecai is going to be hanged. Haman has prepared the gallows. He's ready. And that night, king is not able to sleep. He is like, why am I not able to sleep? Get the chronicles, please. Get the chronicles. Read. There was a certain man named Mordecai who unearthed the plot of, plot of, uh, plot to kill, assassinate the king. And what did we do to this man? Nothing. And exactly at that moment, who comes? Enter the dragon. Haman comes. And now he says, what shall be done to the man whom the king desires to honor? Look at the sovereignty, like the timing of God. This is what has to be done. The best robe, king's horse, a crown on his head and he has to be paraded. So do one thing. Get the best throne, uh, best uh, gown. Okay, Get the crown, get the horse and do it to Mordecai. Finished, gone. He's not able to sleep. Nebuchadnezzar is not able to sleep. Persian, Persian king is not able to sleep. We'll come to that later on. See, because king's heart is in the hand of God. Your boss's hand is in the hand of God. Do you know that? Okay. If you say, Lord, why did you not give him promotion? This, these people came and, you know, they nicely flattered my manager and therefore I did not get promotion. No, 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 no. The hand of the king the hand of your manager is in the hands of God. Now is, not, now is not the right time for your promotion and therefore he turned it. Understand this. Another one. To understand the sovereignty of God. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 4. Look at what it says. The Lord has made everything for its purpose. Even the wicked for the day of trouble. Even the wicked for the day of in actually other translations we will use the word destruction. Psalm 75 verses 6 to 8. Look at what it says. Psalm 75 verses 6 to 8. Exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But God is the judge. What does he do? He puts down one and exalts another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup and the wine is red. It is fully mixed and he pours it out. Surely its dregs shall all the wicked of the earth drain and drink down. Bah! Solemn, solemn words. This is what Mr. Nebuchadnezzar, sorry, King Nebuchadnezzar finally understood. Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4. Look at what it says. And at the end of time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever for his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And what does he do? 
and all the inhabitants of the earth are nothing. Like when Cyril said, no? They are less than nothing. So imagine nothing. Imagine less than nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? That's what I told you, no? If you repent of your sins and come to God, his will will, will be done. If you don't repent your sins and harden your heart, his will will be done. Both case, he's sovereign. Romans chapter 9 verse 17. This is what scripture tells tells Pharaoh. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I have raised you up that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in the earth. You see that? God is absolutely sovereign with every situation in your life. He has ordained it. Don't fight him. Don't fight God. Don't fight God. Don't fight the people who have left left your life. Don't fight the relationships that have been broken in your life. I was telling Justin the other day. She's not here. Thank God I had a crush on this girl when I was in university. Thank God I did not marry her. All the sweethearts who broke my heart. Now I'm so thankful to God that they broke my heart. Finally, they became Rocky brothers and sister. That is one day we all dread in university. Right, Sally? Right? <laughs> Stanley is looking at me. Huh? So, thank God for the relationships which were broken. Thank God. It might, it might have been painful for you at that point in time, but now, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Lord, in your affliction, you have, <laughs> in your faithfulness, you have afflicted me. Thank God. You removed all those people from my life and you added the people who were supposed to be added in my life. And you should see the timing of God in my life. No, How I met people. Last time we were, pastor was talking about the gift of people. Gift of people. No, of all the six IITs, I got admission in two IITs. One was in IIT Chennai and the other was in IIT Kanpur. And God made it made sure that I will not enter into IIT Madras because IIT Madras said that I will not get scholarship. So uh, only university which was giving me scholarship was Kanpur. And when I go to Kanpur, one year I didn't know anything, I did not have any church. After one year was over, whom do I meet? Shibu. And after that, my life changed. And when I meet Shibu, whom do I meet? I meet Kishan. Okay. And after a while, we all graduate when we leave university and we are in our different spheres of work. And I'm in Canada after three and a half years, God brings me back to, back to India. The first person I meet is what? Kishan. And he says, Vijay, 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 you have to come to my church, you have to meet my pastor. I said, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Too much just run you have to come, you have to come, you have to come. That day I'm working on Sundays also those days. Again, huh? habits die hard as I told you, right? So that one day, the university, I mean, the, 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 the coaching center was closed for some reason. I said, okay, fine, let me just go to church. And Kishan said, this place, this place, this place, come with you. You have to meet my pastor. Come with you, meet my pastor. And that day I came and meet pastor for the first time in my life. And my life changed. The vectors of space and time coincided. The vectors of space and time coincided. You need mathematicians all your life, by the way, okay? To explain all this, okay? <laughs> you see, you see that? 
They coincided in my life. I can say space and time. Space and time. And people. I'm telling you, my dear brothers and sisters, if it were not now, if I was not in this place, I don't even want to imagine how my end would be. And I'm not making big, big statements. I'm saying things which I'm not supposed to speak as testimony because God has not released me to share it with everybody. The things that God ordained in my life, the things that God closed for other people for me, The sovereignty of God. You know what? If I tell you something, LHL was shut down for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to explain that later for you, to you, whenever the Lord gives me permission. You would not believe the sovereignty of God. The vectors of space and time and people. Mm-hmm. So sovereign God, the creator God. So when he says God of heavens, the sovereign God, the creator God, and the third God, third part is the savior God. This creator, this sovereign became what? My savior. My savior. That's what, that's the reason why you know what? What, what, what was I saying? Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder, Consider all the works thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the mighty thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my... Okay, fine. Let's start stanzas over. And when I think... And when I think, this creator God, that God, his son not sparing... Sent him to die. I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sins. Do you understand that? Because this sin problem, only one person could satisfy could solve. And you know who that person is? God. Because it is impossible to solve this problem. If God is just, he has to punish sin. If God is merciful, he has to forgive sin. How can he reconcile both? How can he reconcile both? That's the reason Socrates says, you know, you know what he says, this is, this is, uh, this is presumed to be, uh, to be the statement, one of the statements that, uh, that Socrates made. He said, it may be that the divinity might forgive sin, but I do not see how. I do not see how. It's impossible. That is the reason why that, that, that last answer. And you know what? My sin. <laughs> and you know, the moment he says, my sin, he stops and he says, oh, the bliss of that glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole. Just not my sin, your sin. Was nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. The sovereign God, the creator God, and the savior God. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 1. 
about this creator God. Hebrews chapter 1. God, everybody say God. Ah, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his what? Son. What did he do? Whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom he also made, not the world, the worlds. What do you see? We were talking about parallel universes. Of course, of course, of course, of course. Of course, different dimensions. And then he says, who being the brightness of his glory, who is this? Jesus. And the express image or the exact representation of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power. I told you, no? I told you, the creator God. He sends this earth around an elliptical orbit at the rate of 30 kilometers per second. And the speed, by the way, the rotational speed of the earth at the equator is 1000 kilometers per hour. Okay, calculate, make these calculations in your mind and go crazy, okay, this morning. Just go crazy with God. Just go crazy. Okay. And he says, upholding all things by the word of his power, one man, one man of God said, you know what? The cross was holding him, holding Jesus. But the nails that held the cross or rather, the nails that held Jesus to the cross was held by his word. No. Think about that. So what he says, he upholds everything by the word of his power and when he himself had made what? He has purged our sins. He had by himself purged our sins. What did he do? He sat down at the right hand of the father. Where? Far above every principality, every power, every authority is there seated. In the heavenlies, in Christ Jesus. And we are all seated together with him in the heavenlies, in Christ Jesus. And therefore, therefore, he is there with you this morning. His deposit inside of you is very precious. You think he's going to let it go just like that? No way. No way, no way. So the first thing, understand, Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 20. God of heaven himself will prosper me. Say, say everybody say that. Confess it this morning. First thing. Second, therefore, what should I do? <laughs> Automatic response. Therefore, I am his servant. Everybody say that? Of course, no. He did so much for me. What should I become? I should become his servant. Logical step. That is the reason why Paul says, in the mercies of God, what should you do? Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. This is your reasonable, and in other words, this is the reasonable price that you have to pay. God is not, not asking you for too much. Understand this. I am his servant, therefore I will arise, and I, in other words, I will not be lazy. I will be a hard working servant. Why? Because I want to reciprocate to what God has done. I am not earning my salvation anymore. No, 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 no. I am giving the best that I can because what he has done for me. That's the reason why Jesus, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the grace of God which was inside me made me work harder than the others, labor more than the rest. And yet not I, it was the grace of God which was inside of me. I received grace. Therefore I will arise. And I will build. In other words, I will start. You know why? I am his servant. Why? Because he owns me now. He owns me. So everybody say, he owns me. He owns you. Because he purchased you. 
Okay? Romans chapter 6. Therefore, what should, what should, what should your response be? Romans chapter 6. This is what it says. Verse 15 onwards. What then shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Verse 16. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves or servants to obey, you are that one's servants whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? Answer is, I am a servant. Therefore, what what am I going to do? I'm going to take the instruments of my body and I'm going to offer them as instruments. The word for instruments in the Greek means weapons. What is the ultimate weapon? Tongue. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Do you not know that whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? You are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked. That though you were slaves to sin, yet you obeyed from that heart, that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And what happens after this? You became, you were set free from sin and you became what? Slaves of righteousness. It's not there. You became what? Slaves of righteousness. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a slave of God. I own, he owns me. Why? Because he is a creator God. He is a sovereign God. He is a savior God. And because he is a savior God, you would be, I've been redeemed what? With the precious blood of, of the lamb, not with perishable things like gold and silver. And therefore he owns me. And therefore what I do? I willingly acknowledge and say, Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours. And everybody should know that you belong to God. Even your boss. Is it possible to live like that? Absolutely. Look at what it says about Daniel. I like this. One of the most powerful statements in the Bible. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 18. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. I told you, no? <laughs> king is not able to sleep. Why? Because they put Daniel where? In the lion's den. Now some one man of God made a powerful statement, you know. Uh, there were six lions in, in, in Daniel's den. And the seventh lion was Daniel. Kya baat hai? You know, the righteous are bold as a lion. You know how you scare a lion? By staring at him. So Daniel got into the lion's den. He looked at all the lions in their eyes. And he said, what are you going to do, Ray? You going to touch me? He just backed off. Share, ultimate share. Sharon ka share. Who is that? A righteous man. Who has sold himself completely to God. That is when Paul says, I am his totally and he saved me so many times from the lion's mouth and he will, what? Continue to save me. So the king is not able to sleep and Daniel is sleeping and his snore was like a roar. They were getting scared. They were saying, when is this lion going to leave? I mean, I just want to think on these lines, okay. Lions, no, the angel came, shut their mouths, all those things, okay, but what about Daniel? What about Daniel? He is sleeping nicely. And the lions did not touch him. And you know what the, the king says next day morning? Arose in the morning, went in haste to the den of lions, and this is what he says. When he came to the den, he cried out with, with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke saying to Daniel, Daniel, huh? Ah, 
servant of the living God. You are not my servant. You just work for me. You are a consultant, by the way. <laughs> you are God's servant and my consultant. That is the reason why I like the consultants, no? They are apna marzi ka raja. You want me? You have me. Otherwise, on my terms, basically. Okay? Servant of the living God has your God whom you serve. How? Continually. From where? From the time he was a teenager. I think much before that. He continually served God. Continually. Was he able to deliver? Absolutely. Or is a servant? Understand this. So what happens if you are a servant? You know what happens? Nothing can touch you before your time. Nothing can touch you before your time. Do you believe that? You know it says, Jesus was God's servant. He went to Nazareth. Went to the synagogue. And he said, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me, etc. And he says, physician, heal yourself. And he just, you know, offended them. They were so offended, they want to throw him off the cliff. You know what happened? He just nicely walked down from the midst of them. They wanted to throw stones at him. Nobody could touch him. They did all possible to finish him off before time. No, nobody could touch him. And exactly at the right moment, they didn't want to, they did not want to kill him. You know that? At the right moment, they did not want to kill him. They said, you know what? It is Passover. Let us not kill him. But when did he lie? On Passover. According to his time. And that is the reason why he says, I lay down my life by myself and I also will also take it up. Absolutely under control. Nobody can kill you before your time as long as you are in the will of God. You have this assurance. Nobody can take you out before your time. Do you believe this? If you believe this, say Amen. Very difficult for you to say Amen. Maybe maybe because you are not in the will of God. Maybe your conscience is pricking and saying, you know what, you are not in the will of God. You are in a relationship you are not supposed to be in. You are in a job you are not not supposed to be in. And notwithstanding all that, you still don't want God to kill you. Huh? See that? You know what Paul says? I have to stand before Caesar. Already God told me. The angel came and strengthened me. You know what it says? They wanted to kill. The soldiers wanted to kill all the prisoners lest they escape. But the centurion, he had a heart for Paul. And he said, don't do it. You know what he says? All of your lives, God has given into my hands. But the only way you will save your lives is as long as you stay in the boat. That's it. And if you fear and jump off the boat, gone. Stay where God has put you. Say that. I will stay where God has put me. Say that. Otherwise, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what it says in uh, in in first, first Kings chapter two. It says to Shimei, "If you leave Jerusalem, you are responsible for your own life. If you stay in Jerusalem, I am responsible for your life. Where will you stay? Choose this morning. So I am His servant." The creator God is with me. The God of heavens is with me. That means the creator God, the sovereign God, the savior God is with me. Second thing, because he is a savior God, I have willingly, voluntarily, like a bond servant, based upon the mercies that I received from God, I have given myself completely to him. And say, Lord, do as you please. 
to the best of my ability, I have surrendered. To the best of my ability. The third step. So God is heaven. God of heaven is with you. He will prosper you. I am his servant. Therefore, I will arise and build. Third, you fellows, you have no heritage, no portion. Now, these are, these are very, very interesting words. Okay, What is no heritage, no portion meaning? I'll tell you something. In our old man, in our old man, there is a desire for all of us. A desire in the old man that we should get approval from men. Okay. Bible says, Galatians chapter 1, if I am a, if I am the pleaser of men, I should not be the bond servant of Christ. So now that I've proclaimed that I'm a bond servant of Christ, what should I deal with? I should deal with every area in my life which is deceptive, which likes flattery, which subscribes to lies. Understand that? No portion means, the word for no portion is, the word is halak or chalak means, there is no room for flattery in my heart at all. The enemy cannot flatter me out of the will of God. You deserve a better position. No way. If you take the position, how are you doing? Better than I deserve. How much are you earning? More than I deserve. How is your health? Better than I deserve. If you have that kind of a position, you are safe. No portion. Nobody can flatter you. That's exactly what 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 uh, what uh, the devil did. He was he was called the first tail bearer. He went up and down. What did he do? He flattered one third of the angels. He said, you know what? If you are in my army, you are in this position now. In my army, you will be king. Within no time. No place for flattery in my heart. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 2. In other words, I absolutely love truth. I will not give way to deception. I will expose every lie and I will expose, I will, I will, I will receive truth about myself. Not lie meaning not lies in other people's life, in my own life. Proverbs chapter 2, this is what it says. Proverbs chapter 2. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you. So what will happen? To deliver you from the immoral woman. Who's that immoral woman? The seductress woman. The seductress. What does she do? From the seductress who flatters with her words. Okay. Flatters with her words. Meaning always will speak good things about you and never anything bad about you. Like Pastor was talking about, our humility is tested when people correct us. And not when people praise us. Are you really, really humble? It depends upon how well you take correction. How well you take correction. You like people who flatter you or the people who appraise you. Appraise means they will give you an honest opinion as to what is happening in your life. I mean, we all have blind spots and we need people in our lives who are able to speak into our lives without any reservations and say, you know what, this is what... I believe this is what you are doing wrong. And this is what you should you should be doing right. And not, no flattery over here because this is for your own good. No flattery. No hiddenness. No deception. But you know why? Because the moment you, you start living a lie, whom do you give space to? The devil. That's exactly what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. Sapphira when they came to uh, Peter, then he told Ananias, how did Satan fill your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? You have not lied to man but to God. 
So, no room for deception. No room for hypocrisy. No room for pretense in my life. No portion. No room for flattery. No room for deception. I don't want to live a lie. It's difficult to actually live a lie. That's the reason the Bible says in Proverbs, the way of transgressors is what? Is very hard. Not easy. If you keep lying once, you have to keep on lying, 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 lying to cover up every lie. There's a saying in Telugu. Say a thousand lies and do one wedding. It's a recipe for disaster. What a disaster it is. And that is the reason why I like Zach, Zach Puna, no? When people come and ask you about opinions about somebody, you don't have to say, but when they come and for marriage alliances, you should tell very clearly as to what you know about that brother. Give an honest appraisal because it is life and death. One young man was here. I don't want to mention his name. He came to pastor and he said, pastor, pastor, I want a reference letter from you. Pastor called that young man and he said, okay, I'll give a reference letter to you, but what do you want me to write for you? I will write exactly what I think about you. Is that okay with you? You know, we were so wicked in our, in our, in our, in our university days. Every university should get at least two reference letters from three professors. So, so what, did we, what, did we, what did we do? We printed out four reference letters. Sealed, no? Sealed envelope. So what we used to do, we used to have five professors giving us reference letters. The fourth is ours now. We will open it and see which is the best and send that to the university. See, iotin is a snake, basically. I'll come to the sample later on, okay? I don't want to go ahead of myself. This is what we used to do. We used to be so wicked. Now we used to open the reference letter. This professor give us, given us bad references. Throw it. Another one who flattered us. Aha. This is going to the university. Flatter. When you see that, you should be very careful. Because we know what happens. Ultimately, you, this flattery, where, where is it going to leave you? It's going to lead you where? For the house leads down to death and are paths to the dead. None who go to her retain. So what a statement it is. Nor do they regain the paths of life. These are words, my dear brothers. That is the reason why the words that you received, you have to be very careful. Jesus said in Matthew chapter, Mark chapter 4 verse 24, be very careful as to what you are hearing. What are you hearing? Proverbs chapter 28 verse 23. Look at this. Powerful sayings. Verse 23. He that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he hath he that flattereth with the tongue. You know where? Judgment seat of Christ. That is afterwards for me. That day Pastor James will be standing there and I will say thank you Pastor. <laughs> thank you. Shibu will be standing there. Zach Kunan will be standing here. So many of the saints whom I listen to in my, in my life. Derek Prince. Thank you, thank you, all my teachers. Thank you, thank you. Endaro mahana bhavan mikandar ki na vandana bolu. That's what I will say. <laughs> That's what I will say. Because you do not flatter me, you corrected me, you rebuked me, you chastised me. Because a person who flatters, twenty nine verse five Proverbs says, a man that flatters his neighbor, what does he do? 
spreads a net across his feet. I told you, no, do this experiment. Go to church office. During afternoon time, when Sajid is feeding the pigeons, all the pigeons come. The Bible says, surely a net is spread in the sight of any bird. Now what do you do? Exactly at that time, put a net. Do you think one pigeon will land? Not even a single pigeon will land. That much brains also we don't have. Pigeon's brains also we don't have. One girl will say, brother, you sang very well, finished, gone. Sister, you look so beautiful, gone. Somebody said, no, in Proverbs only, a person, a, 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 I mean, this is just, these are only, you know, words to not to demean anybody, okay? A woman who has got beauty and no wisdom is like a pig with a, with a, with a, with a ornament on, it, on its neck. What is the ornament on its neck? It's her beauty. But what is her attitude? Pig. And what does pig like? Mud. Drainage. But how does it look? She looks from the outside. Very beautiful. That's what Pastor was talking to the young people on 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 on, on the wedding day. He was preaching, and he says, "A lot of people look at compatibility in the outside. Tall, dark, handsome, beautiful, Sundari. She's very Sundar, but she's an absolute Bandar. We don't know about that. <laughs> Later, you'll come to know." External. You deserve this girl. This beauty. Who said Baba? That is gone. That is the reason. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord greatly shall shall she be praised. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. So understand this. When you look at external appearances, and get married, you are a nut of the first order. And you do not, that's the reason why, you know what, I, I, I like the, I like the, the exhortation during weddings. This is a solemn estate. And therefore, it should not be entered into in as inadvisedly or lightly, but discreetly, reverently, and in the fear of God. The first word, inadvisedly, meaning what? Take a lot of advice. Before you marry. Or lightly. Meaning this superficial. I love you. I love you. I can't live without you baby. All is all is over after two days. Froth. It's all superficial. It's all emotional. There's no depth. It's all light. Sickness or in health. Will you, will you be with your wife? Riches or poverty? Where is it tested? During poverty. Curse God and die! Why are you holding fast to your integrity? Madam, you are talking like a foolish woman. I mean, this is how we are programmed like this in this world. Cosmos, that is the reason why he says, let not your adorning be that of the external, but let it be that of the internal, the imperishable beauty of a 
meek, gentle and a quiet spirit which in the sight of God is most precious. You know what attracts God? And what attracts a genuine man of God? Not a loud mouth. Not a fighting, striving lady all the time fighting, 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 fighting. Solomon had so many experiences. He said better to stay on the top of the roof than to stay with this woman. That is woman number 315. Then he went to 350. Better to stay in the wilderness than to stay in this with this woman. He was driven to the wilderness literally. And then finally he went to the 365th woman. This woman is like a torture chamber. Constant dripping. Will you buy? Will you buy? Will you buy? Will you buy? You don't love me? You don't love me? Vexing constantly. External appearances. Understand this. Don't get attracted with external and, 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 some, and the next stage is the compatibility at the soul level. Who oh, is educated? Highly educated. He has got a PhD. He's got H2SO4 also. <laughs> He's very acidic. <laughs> Somebody told me, no? He said, those who have degrees will empty the church in degrees. <laughs> I said, Lord, what an indictment. I don't want to make this church empty because of my degrees, no? <laughs> Compatibility. She knows French. So what? Understand this. The compatibility at the spirit level. So I mean, That's the reason why, you know what? God, for many men and women of God, the God-ordained person you have missed because you have been trapped by the external. Because you said, you know what? I am so beautiful. I need a handsome guy. What will people say? All of those fellows, they will eat with your lunch, free lunch, and they will go. They will never pray for you. Pastor James and Sister Elsa, do they pray for you for the rest of your life? Hmm? Understand this. That is the reason why Psalm 145, 141, verse 5 will say, Let the righteous, kya baat hai? not kiss me, felicitate me. <laughs> no. <laughs> you see that? What is that? It shall be what? A kindness. Let him rebuke me. It shall be excellent oil. And let not my head, meaning what? Let me surrender. Submit myself to that anointing. When you say the head of man is Christ, this is what it means in one in one sense. Why? Why? Because the time is going to come in 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is what it says. 2 Timothy chapter 4. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. He's going to judge. There's going to be a final exam. And what is the syllabus that you studied will determine how you fare in the final exam. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long long suffering and teaching. Why? Because a time is going to come. For a time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But everybody say, I will endure sound doctrine. Say that everybody. 
Ha 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 I will endure sound doctrine. It's an endurance. Those who endure till the end in sound doctrine will be saved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did I put that verse? Is, is it coming or is it not there? Oh, yo, 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 so sad. Vijay Itakota. Just a minute, please. I have to put that verse to you. Man, these are verses which will just go crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm like stunned by the brilliance and the genius of Agur. The genius of Agur. Okay, let me show you the genius of Agur. Let me just add this. This man is a genius. Genius and a genius. I mean, I cannot explain the genius of this man. This is Proverbs chapter 30, okay? I'm going to put that up on screen. So, people, it's not there on the, on the PPT. Uh, it's in my notes and I forgot to put it as usual. So let me just uh, add that up for you guys. You know, you have to, you cannot miss these these verses, okay? These verses are are like pearls. Where are this? Where is that verse? Yeah, 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 yeah. Kya baat hai? Kya baat hai? This is Proverbs chapter 30 and verse number 18 onwards. Okay? Verse number 18 onwards. Proverbs chapter 30, verse number 18 onwards. And go to home, go to 40, and 42 maybe, 42. Sorry for the interruption. The genius of Agur, okay? The genius of Agur. I mean, this is like a crazy guy. I mean, I mean, I teach Proverbs for my, for my children. I don't know how much they understand. But whenever I teach Proverbs, I go crazy only. This is what it says. There are three things which are too wonderful for me. Yes, four which I do not understand. I mean, this, look at the observation of this guy, okay? Observation. The way of the eagle in the air. The way of the serpent on a rock. The way of the ship in the midst of the sea. The way of the man with the virgin. This is the way. Oh no. Look at that. No, look, look. He's, he's, he's qualifying that way. He's qualifying the way. This is the way of the seductress. This is the way of the adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done no. Wickedness. Now let me explain this to you. Okay? Let me explain. How many of you have seen eagles? Okay? Flying high in the sky? Yeah? Come on, raise your hands, Ray Baba. Okay. Can you tell me what trajectory it follows? Hepsiba, you're the botanist over here. Can you know the trajectory of a eagle? The flight path that it takes? Answer is no. Now, a snake on sand or on mud, when it goes, can you trace its trajectory? Yes. But on a rock? No. No, 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 no. A ship in the water. A ship in the water. After it has passed, what, what does it do? The water covers its tracks. Can you know the tra- trace that, the, the track that is, that, that it has followed? Answer is no. So is the way of a man with a woman in a derogative sense. In a derogative sense. Snake is a snake. I told you, right? The nature. What does it do? I will move on the rock and I will not Leave any trace. I will fly like an eagle. I will not leave any trace. I will be like a 
like a ship on water and I will not leave any trace. I will go to YouTube and I will delete all history. Uh-huh. I'm just applying, okay. I will delete all history. I will watch all the porn that I can watch and over a period of time what I'm going to do, I'm going to delete all history or I will say history should not be saved. So what are you trying to do? If you try to hide your trajectory, You know what? This is there. Examples are there in the Bible, no? David looks at this woman, covets, commits adultery. She sends a word. I am PG. I am Peggy now, pregnant. What is he trying to do? Cover the trajectory. Cover, 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 cover. Call Uzziah. Uriah, ask him to go and sleep with his wife. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Okay, okay, we'll do one thing. Cover the trajectory. Cover the trajectory. Cover, 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 cover. Let us send him to the most intense battlefield, part of the battlefield, and kill him. Oh, when the word comes, oh, some people sometimes die, we lose, some sometimes we win, sometimes. Okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to take your wife, and I'm going to make your widow my wife. Wow. What a fantastic cover-up. Agur says, I don't understand this. I don't understand this. How can you hide from God? How can you hide from God? That's the why Joseph, you know what Joseph says? Papa, how can I do this thing against God? Will God not see? Will God not see all my... All my, all my SMSs and my, and my, and my, and my chats and my, and my emails. And the money that I spend over multiple women. You try to cover up your trace, tracks. Akur is a genius. He says, what are you doing, bro? What are you doing? What are you doing? There's silence in the house. It's the silence of the lambs. I hope you're all lambs. Get your act together. Straighten, straighten your life up. Don't play games with God. No room for secret life. No room for secret sins. What you do in secret, the Bible says, will be published. If you confess, he will cover up. You try to cover up, he will expose. These are lessons you need to learn the hard way sometimes. Okay. Let's go back. Nehemiah chapter 20. God of heaven is with me. I am his servant. There is no heritage. No room for flat flattery. No room for lies. No room for deception. Fourth one. You have no legal right in my life. Say that everybody. You, enemy has, you should leave no legal life. This is when you're starting your journey. No legal right for the enemy. Genesis 14. Look how careful Abraham is. This is what Abraham says to the king of Sodom. What's his name? Bera. What does Bera mean? Destroyer. Okay. Genesis chapter 14. This is what he says to the destroyer. 
Now the king of Sodom said to Abraham, give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, the possessor of heaven and the earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made what? Abraham rich. Later on you will come for your, for your, for your deposit. Later on you will come. I am not going to give you any legal authority over my life. With my lies. Otherwise the enemies, you know what Satan will say? Or the enemy will say, I am righteous. What will, what will the enemy say? What will the enemy say? I am righteous. I didn't say that. Look at what it says in Genesis chapter 20. Look at what it says in Genesis chapter 20. This is when Abraham lies and says, you know, Sarah is his sister. This is what Abimelech takes the, takes the, uh, takes the wife, takes Sarah to be his wife. And Abraham journeyed from there. Uh, and uh, to the south and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and stayed in Gerar. Now Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. And God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Look at Abimelech's answer. What is Abimelech's answer? Look at his answer. Abimelech said, Lord, will you say, I am righteous. He lied. And he gave me legal authority. He lied. He cheated. Did he not say to me, she is my sister and she even herself, he is my brother in the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands. I did this thing. I mean, look at the devil saying, I am innocent. I'm integrity. I have integrity. And that's, it. that's what, like, I, I remember one man of God said, no? A uh, lot of believers blame all their problems on the devil, and the devil says, I am righteous. I didn't do this. He did it. He opened doors. He'll come back for your deposit, I'm telling you. He will come back for a deposit, and you know what? Enemy does. He starts with a prompting, and later he owns you. You want to finish this raid? No legal authority for the devil in my life. No portion, no right. John's Gospel chapter 13. Look at what it says. The evening meal was in progress. This is NIV, okay? And the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray. How did it start? With little, little stealings. He stole 10 rupees, 20 rupees, 30 rupees, slowly, slowly. And Jesus, sorry, Jesus never confronted him. He never said, why did you steal? Never, never, never even once. He was giving him time to repent, 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 repent. Legal authority, legal authority already had connections with the people outside who are not of the disciples. He's not wholehearted now. He had connections with people outside. And then he went to them and he said, okay, if you give me 30 pieces of silver, I'm yours. Starts with the prompting. And verse 26. Jesus answered, it is done, it is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread and when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Jesus, sorry, Judas took the bread, what happened? Satan entered him. Why? Legal authority. What is the legal authority? Jesus says, if you judge yourself, you will not be judged. So what should you do? 
at the breaking of bread, when, when, when Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me, everybody is saying, is it I, is it I, is it I? And everybody was judging themselves. What did you do? Without judging yourself, you took part. Understand this? Legal right? No part. No right. Genesis chapter 4. And the Lord said to Cain, Why art thou wrath? Why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, what? Sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be. His desire, his, his, his desire, not its desire. What should you do? You shall master him. But what is happening now? Because you did not judge yourself, what is going to happen? Hmm, sin is going to enter and possess you. If you judge yourself, you will not be judged. If you judge yourself and take part of communion, you will not be sick. If you judge yourself and you take communion, you will not be weak. If you judge yourself and you take communion, what will happen? You will not die before your time. Judge yourself. That is what it means. No part. So what do you do? Don't give any legal right to the enemy. All the previous relationships, all the previous altars, all the things of the past, what do you do? Break it down. Break it down. To get those idols and put it under. I mean, I don't recommend this unless the Lord leads you, you know. One of the things that Pastor Eric did in one of his, one of his meetings, you know what he told his, one of his uh, children, he said, you know what, all those idols are false idols, just take it and bury them. Don't worship them anymore. Don't give any legal right for the enemy. Yes, people might misunderstand you, they might persecute you initially, but God will be with you. That's what he told, he told Gideon, Gideon, you, you want me to be, you want to be successful in your life? Do one thing. Take care of that altar of Baal and that Asherah pole whom your father erected. He was scared. But you know what he did? He did He did it secretly in the night and he destroyed it. They all came. What a wise answer his father, father gave. If Baal is really God, let him defend himself. What a wise answer. If Baal is really God, let him, let him defend himself. And that from that, that time onwards, Gideon's name was Zerubal. Zerubal. No giving any legal right. I'm telling you, a lot of us have open doors, false relationships. And you have not closed those doors. Now it is coming back. Ultimately, you will reap what you, what you sow. But close those doors. Thank God he's not condemning us. He's, he's just saying, you know what? Deal with it. Let's go to the last one and we'll stop. So first, God of heaven will prosper. I am his servant, therefore I will arise and build. I will have no portion, I will give not give no right to the enemy, and I will have no memorial. What is no memorial? I'll tell you something. As Pastor was saying, no, lot of us we keep on reminding God of the sins that we committed, which He also forgot so many years back. Lord, you do not know what I did so many years back. Hebrews chapter eight. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness, full stop, 
No, 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 no. And will remember their sins no more. It is deleted, Baba, from God's database. You confess, plead the blood of Jesus, you repent of your sins, that is gone from your record. And how, what kind of a standing you have with God? Just as if you are never sinned. So what should you do? The joy of the Lord should be your strength. You should not be with long faces walking. Why? You know, do you not know, brother, so many days, so many years back, this is what I did yesterday. Even today, Baba, even before worship, you can set it right. As long as you are alive, there is, there is hope. There is no, what? Condemnation for those who are where? In Christ Jesus. Psalm 103. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is your mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. You see that? All gone. You keep on going east. Where will you end? East. <laughs> Understand that? Numbers chapter 11. First one. So don't remind God about the sins that he has already forgotten. First thing he looks at them, looks at the young man whom the, whom the friends brought. Son, your sins are forgiven. The woman who was caught in adultery, the very act, woman, where are those people who condemn you? Nobody, Lord. I also don't condemn. Go and sin. No more. It's forgotten. It's cleansed. It's under the blood. No memorial. Numbers chapter 11. Look at what it says. Another memorial, a kind of memorial we'll have, we have, that we have to deal with. The rabble with, with them began to crave other food and again the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember. All our past you remember. And you say that was better. Then now, bury it. It was never better. It was never good. Bury it. But the past victories, remember. The Lord who brought you thus far will also take you forward. Exodus chapter 17. Look at what it says. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered. And make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Keep on remembering the past victories. Forget past sins. That is the reason why you know what Paul says. Forgetting what was behind me. What will I do? I will press on to the upward calling of God which I have in Christ Jesus. I hold on to that which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. If you do this, you will finish. So the five things this morning. God of heaven himself, what will he do? He will prosper. And he will give me success. What does the God, God of heaven mean? The creator God. The sovereign God. The savior God. I am his servant. Therefore, I will arise and build. I belong to him. I will not be lazy. He will give me grace to do his work. I am doing that. I will not give any room for the enemy. Any lie in my life. I will deal with lies with an iron fist. I will not give any legal right to the enemy and there will be no memorial about the enemy in my life. The past is gone. Everything has become new. What does it say? Any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, old things have passed away. 
and all things have become new. Therefore, this morning, if you believe it by faith, stand up and begin. Stand up in the presence of God. Some of you have been crippled by condemnation. I know it. Crippled by condemnation. The Bible says, He who did not spare his only son, but gave him up for us all, why will he not with him freely give us how many things? All things. All things. Who can bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died for us. Not only that he died for us. He was raised from the dead. Not only that he was raised from the dead. No, he's seated with the Father in the heavens. And what is he doing? Forever making intercession for us. And therefore nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of cross, love of God in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. No condemnation. Walk without condemnation. That is the starting point for victory. You are completely accepted by God in the beloved. He has accepted you completely. You don't have to do one extra thing to gain his acceptance. Yes, trust has to be built over a period of time. But not acceptance. You are his child and that is it. Period. He will not disown you. He will not unadopt you. But as many as he received as sons, he will chastise them because he loves them. Otherwise, the Bible says you are illegitimate. And the Bible says no illegitimate child should enter into the congregation of God. Even to the 10th generation. But if you are not illegitimate, God is dealing with your sons. He has accepted you. Therefore, he will chastise you because he says in his word, of all the families of the earth, I know you only and therefore I will visit you for your iniquities so that I can straighten you up, so that I can good, I can do good for your latter end. So that when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, you have judged every sin, you have judged every motive, you have judged every work. And what will be left in our lives before the judgment seat of Christ will be not wood, hay and stubble but gold, silver and precious stones. The quality and not the quantity. And we receive our commendation from God. But this morning the God who created the heavens is for you and he will give you success. Believe it. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who is inside of you is greater than who is outside of you. I am his servant. He is a God of heavens. He is a creator God. He is a sovereign God. He is a savior God. And therefore he saved me. I belong to him and I surrender my life to him. And I deal with every lie in my heart. Every attitude which will easily get flattered. Every thought process which hides from the probings of God. I will expose it. I will bring it to light. I will reprove it. Bible says, do not be partakers of with, with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For everything that has been reproved is brought forth into light. Bring it to light. 
And the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all sin. Don't give any legal right to the enemy. Let there be no memorial of your enemy, of your past life, of the past pleasures, of the past sins. But only the remembrance remembrance of past victories in God. The same God who brought you thus far will take you forward. He is Ebenezer, the stone of remembrance. And if you fall on this stone, you will be broken. But whoever on whom the stone falls will be crushed. That's what the Bible says. So this morning, let us fall upon his throne and say, Lord, I come to you. As we sang in the morning, I need you, Lord. You are my righteousness. You are my righteousness. You are my wisdom. You are my sanctification. You are my redemption. You are my holiness, Lord. You are. I don't have anywhere else to go. Whom have we in heaven but you, O Lord? There is nothing on earth that I desire apart from you. My heart and my strength many times may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, my my strength and my portion forever. Let's confess it this morning. Let's agree with God. In your own words, come back to God. Own, Own words. Lord, forgive me for limiting you. Forgiving me for not having high thoughts about you. Forgiving me to see you as small, but not as big. The creator God. So many times I magnify my problems and my sicknesses and my, and my, and my, and my problems about, about who God is. I magnify my problems, Lord, Lord. I do not magnify you. Forgive me, O Lord. Forgive me. There is no problem. There is no demon which is strong enough to resist the power of God, the authority of God. And the Bible says, in my name, you shall cast out demons. And if you eat anything which is poisonous, it will not harm you. You will lay hands on the sick and they will receive health, healing. This morning, let's believe. And believe not only in the work on, on the gospel, but also in the reality of our baptism. And say, Lord, I die, O oh Lord. The past life is gone. It is buried. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision matters. It is a new creation, O Lord. That's all that matters, O Lord. Grant me grace, O Lord, so that I will believe you and not shorten your hand in my life because of my unbelief. At the starting point in my building, O Lord, I will make these decisions. I will set myself on the right course, the course that will lead me to completion so that I can finish my race. And bring glory to your name. To that end I pray that you would bless each and every one of us, O Lord. Anoint your children even as they go to another week. Bless them and keep them and watch over them. In their goings out and their comings in. From this time forth and even forever. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. For in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, Amen. Say hallelujah, no? Loudly, hallelujah. Give a clap offering unto Jesus. Come on, come on.